Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you. 
Page 17. You can download these songs, these lyrics, including the, the printed lyrics. You can print out these lyrics on downloading music both at ifatherlightministries.com slash music.html. We're going to page 17 in our traditional worship music songbook. Page 17. I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. 
Today, the sermon today is going to be what you do with your mouth concerning promises, making promises, and vows. Commitments, what you say that you're going to do, and that we should be careful about what we say we're going to do and not. Page 26 on the songbird, traditional songbird. Careful, little mind, what you see. 
Father, for this special, set apart, sanctified, holy day. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a holiday every week. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your instructions of life, for instruction manual, for instruction manual of how to live life correctly and successfully. Praise God. Thank you that you do not leave us without direction, but that you very clearly lay forth a path for us. Well-marked, a very well-marked path. If we would just be obedient, and surrender to you, your will, your way, and your path. Praise your holy name. We ask you, Lord Heavenly Father, to please anoint this sermon and this message to help your church become more holy, for us to have more honor, more integrity, more decency, for us to become a people of our word, to fulfill our promises and our commitments and our vows. Be careful how much we speak and what we say. To be careful with our words and to give you honor, to praise your holy name. Set forth a good example upon this earth to be leaders of our society, be good witnesses, and to shine your light in the darkness. We ask you, Lord, to help us become your bride, your church, your people, and your kingdom. We ask you, Lord, for your help now, today, in this sermon, and across the world where they are gathering together and where people all by themselves are, are committing in obedience to you in this sermon to listen, to obey, to observe. We pray for them, for the protection and your favor. All of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. And now, let's turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Praise God.
Well, before we get into the sermon, congratulations to our sister in Alabama that was baptized and born again Wednesday of this week. Praise God. God is good that he continues to call people and reconcile people unto himself. Amen. He reaches out. Amen. He's God of love and compassion and instruction. Really, there's no excuse for us because he's always trying to lead and direct us on the right path. Amen. Even when we're sinners and even after we're no longer sinners, that we are saints in training. Amen. Saints in training. We are receiving direction and instruction from him on a regular basis, constantly. We just got to pay attention to him, what he's saying. Amen. Pay attention to what he's saying and what he's doing and become compliant to his instructions. Amen. Praise God. In Matthew 5, let's go to verse 33. Matthew 5, verse 33. And for people that may be listening for the first time, we're reading from the Alpha and Omega Bible. Matthew 5, verse 33. Again, you have heard that the agents of old, or the agents, were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall pay your vows to the Lord. A vow is a promise, a covenant that you made with either God or with a person, but in this context, it is to God. But the same spiritual principle applies any time that they can make a promise or a vow or covenant with a person as well. Same principle. You should not make false vows but shall pay your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, not by heaven, for it is the throne of Theos, God. I know people say Theos, but I say Theos because my research into ancient languages contradicts the traditional teachings of mankind. Amen. So, it says, then verse 35, or by the earth, don't make a vow or oath by the earth, for it is the footstool of his people, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor should you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. What he's saying overall is to be extremely careful about making promises and oaths and vows and covenants and contracts with people and with God. Because you're going to have to pay that promise. You're going to have to fulfill that promise. But if you put your, your car up for collateral, or you put up your house up for collateral on a credit card bill or a loan, 
then if you're not able to fulfill your promise, your covenant, your contract, your vow, your commitment, then you may lose your house or your car, whatever you base that vow upon as collateral. And the same thing would be true with if you put your, your life at stake, which people would do in that day and time, in that culture, in that region of the world, people would say that they base a vow upon their life. And some people do that even today in America and across the world. And we have to be very careful about such things because we don't know what might happen tomorrow if we're going to lose our job, if there's going to be an earthquake, a tornado, a robbery, or what's going to be tomorrow. Many, many variables, many different possibilities can happen unforeseen, unexpected. So you have to be careful because if you base a vow or covenant or commitment or a promise upon something, upon anything, you may lose that very thing that you base your covenant upon. However, we should read the entire Bible and not base every doctrine and everything that we believe and live by upon just one verse of the Bible, even though this is several verses, you know what I'm saying, upon one passage of the Bible. I don't believe that God is really forbidding us from making any promises at all or from making any vows or covenants or contracts or commitments. I don't believe that he's forbidding us from entering into any covenant or contract or commitment or vow or promise. Amen. But rather, what he's warning about is how you make those vows, those commitments, in a hasty, a quick, uh, spur of the moment, without really thinking about it and being careful about it. Even though it says don't make any vow at all and just let your words be only yes or only no. Even though it says that, I don't believe that he really expects us or really requires us to not enter into any promise ever or any covenant or commitment ever. No. There is a problem where people go by the letter of the law. The Bible warns us about going by the letter of the law. The Bible says that the letter of the law kills, but the spirit of the law gives life. So we have to consider that verse. We have to consider every verse of the Bible. When we enter into Christ Jesus, we make a commitment to him. We make a covenant with him, the new covenant, through his body, 
through his blood, through his crucifixion, and through his resurrection, through baptism. When we are baptized, we're making a covenant. We're entering into a vow. Amen. We also see the uh, Numbers chapter 6 talk about the Nazarite vow. That's not forbidden, and yet that is an oath. That is a covenant. That is a vow. That is a commitment. That is a promise. Amen. And throughout the New Testament, we read about if you commit to God, if you commit to Jesus Christ, then you are saved. If you commit, even the Passover communion is a covenant of the New Testament, I mean of the New Covenant. It is a covenant. When you take the Passover communion, you are entering into and renewing every year your covenant with the Lord. So if we say that we cannot make any covenant or any vow or any promise or any commitment, then, then we can't do Passover communion. We can't even rent a house because that's a promise, that is a covenant, that is a contract, that is a promise to pay your rent on time every month. We can't buy a car or rent a car. We can't do anything. We can't buy anything or rent anything or do anything. We cannot live life without covenants, without promises, without vows, without commitments. Amen. So we have to look at the spirit of what he's saying, the spiritual principle, the spiritual teaching, is that we should be very careful about what we say and what we promise and what covenants and contracts and commitments that we enter into. Amen. And we should be careful about saying it's a promise. And we should more try to just only say, yes, I will do this. No, I can't do this. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I will do this rather than I promise. Because when you say I promise, then you're putting an extra seal upon it. You're putting an extra signature upon it. You're entering into a stronger contract when you say I promise. That's what he is saying to you. Amen. So just say, yes, I do it, and be very careful about that word promise or oath or vow. Those words have extra power, extra authority that ties you to it much stronger to that commitment. Let's look at some other verses in the Bible. Let's go to the book of law itself. Deuteronomy 323. Deuteronomy 323. And let's go down to verse 21. Deuteronomy 23, verse 21. We're going to read those last three verses of this chapter, verses 21, 22, and 23. In chapter 23, verse 21, and if you will vow a vow, it doesn't say, I forbid you from vowing a vow, but rather, if you vow a vow to Jesus, your Theos, your God, you shall not delay to pay it. 
For Jesus your God reveals will surely require it of you, and otherwise it shall be sin in you. But if you should be unwilling to vow, then it's not a sin in you. You shall observe the words that proceed from between your lips, and if and as you have vowed a gift to Jesus Field, so shall you do that which you have spoken with your mouth. So we are to be very careful of what we say, what we promise, and agreements that we enter into. Be very careful about what agreements that we enter into. Amen. Now, I also notice off topic, entirely different topic, up in verse 20. And we're on page 215. We know that the book of Deuteronomy is the last book of the volume of the law, page 215. Chapter 23, verse 20, you may lend on usury, interest. You may lend on interest to a stranger, but not to your brother. But to your brother, you should not lend on usury. So, I have heard before, and I even thought, that it was against the law to give loans on interest and to charge interest. But actually, that's not correct. It says that you can give to a stranger. So I'm corrected in my thinking. And if I have ever said that it's against God's law to charge interest, then I correct, I am standing, stand here corrected today. It is okay to charge interest on a loan if it is a stranger. But to your brothers, you should not be in interest. Now, we could say that, of course, your own family, your own brother, your mom, your dad, your papa, your uncle, your aunt, your uncle, all these people would be your brotherhood physically. And we could also say that within the church worldwide, all of the true brothers and sisters around the world, that if they ask from us to borrow money from us, we should not charge interest. But when we look at the credit card companies, they are definitely strangers to us. They are not our brothers, and they are okay by the law of God to charge interest. However, there's another law, spiritual principle, we should also consider is fairness and justice and just weights. And so it may be, maybe, maybe not, we would have to ask the Lord or think about it or pray about it or think about it to see whether is, is 27% interest on an annual percentage basis, is that fair and is that just and is that, you know, is, it, is God going to condemn them for charging us that much interest? is another topic. Yes, they can charge us interest since we're strangers to them, but is it a fair interest? And so forth, and there's other things we could talk about there, and that's a whole other topic. I just want to point that out since it's right there. Okay. 
But let's move forward with today's topic, and let's turn to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 30. Starting in verse 1. This is page 187. Page 187. Numbers chapter 30, verse 1. We're going to read down all the way through uh, nine verses here. Verse 1. Please read with me in verse 1. Numbers 30, verse 1. And Moses spoke to the children of Jezreel according to all that Jesus commanded Moses. And Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which Jesus had commanded. <clears throat> Whatsoever man shall vow a vow to Jesus, or swear an oath, or bind himself with an obligation upon his soul, he shall not break his word. All that shall come out of his mouth he shall do. And if a woman, or but if a woman, shall vow a vow to Jesus, or buying herself of an obligation in her youth in her father's house. And her father shall hear her vows and her obligations, wherewith she has bound her soul. And her father should hold his teeth at her, not protested. Then shall all her vows shall stand. It shall be intact and obligated. And all the obligations with which she has bound her soul shall remain to her. But if her father directly forbid her in the day in which, she, in which he shall hear all of her vows and her obligations, which she has contracted upon herself, they shall not stand. And Jesus shall hold her guiltless because her father forbade her, forbid it. But if she should be indeed married, and her vows be upon her according to the utterance of her lips in respect of the obligations which she has contracted from herself. And her husband shall hear and hold his peace at her in the day in which he shall hear it. Then shall all of her vows be binding and her obligations which she has contracted upon her social stand. But if her husband should directly forbid her in the day in which he shall hear her, none of her vows or obligations which she has contracted upon her social stand because her husband has disallowed her and Jesus should hold her guiltless about those vows. So that's very clear, very easy to understand. That the female is under the authority of the man of the house, whether it be her, her dad until she's married, and then her husband. So in both cases, both in her youth and her older years, her vows, her covenants, her promises, her contracts, uh, agreements about what she's going to buy, what she's going to pay for, any promise or contract or covenant, or even a vow unto the Lord. 
even that. The husband or the dad, the head of the house, the male head of the house, has the authority to forbid it and to not allow that contract or vow to proceed forth. A lot of people would say this is Old Covenant, this is Old Testament, and therefore this is, we don't have to follow this today. But there's nothing in the New Testament saying that this part is done away with. In fact, the New Covenant and the New Testament talks about that the woman is still under the authority of the man. Amen? So if the New Testament repeatedly, repeatedly talks about that the man is the head of the house, that the man is the head of the woman, then yes, this still stands. Absolutely. Now, of course, there are exceptions, of course, because if the woman makes a vow to the Lord to keep the Sabbath or a piece of tabernacles or any of the holy days and the husband forbid it, is God going to honor his authority over that woman to say, no, you can't worship God and you cannot obey God? Of course not. Of course not. We've got to use some common sense. Amen. God is the ultimate head of the woman, even above the man. Amen. And that man is going to have to answer to God. And the first commandment is not, thou must obey your husband. That's not the first commandment, even though it is a commandment. It is an instruction, command, a law of the Lord. But there are exceptions. You can run the red light. You can run the stop sign if that is what you must do to get out of the way of the big giant truck that is headed your direction and is going to run into you if you don't get out of the way. There are exceptions. There are times. So you have to look at more than just the letter of the law, but rather the spirit of the law. Amen. And let's go to the book of Wisdom and Songs. Let's turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Page 105. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. Keep your foot whensoever you go to the house of Theos, and when you are near to here, 
Let your sacrifice be better than to give a fool, for they know not what they are doing evil, that they are doing evil. When it says keep your foot, that means to guard yourselves about what you're doing in the house of God. We should show honor and respect in the house of God. I know that a lot of people today, once they learn the truth about the Trinity and Christmas and Easter and the Sabbath and the rapture and all kinds of other stuff, they tend, typically a lot of people tend to go to the extreme because they've gone to some of the very radical extreme websites that, that says that everything in the world is sin, and you don't even need a pastor, you don't even need a church, that a church building is a sin, you don't need a church building, all this crap. And that's just ridiculous. We do need pastors. The Bible does talk about the need for pastors and evangelists and, and apostles and prophets. The Bible does speak of the need for that. And there's nothing wrong or anything in the Bible forbidding having a house of God, a church building, where we can meet together for worship services. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing in the Bible forbidding that. Absolutely not. People say about the church of the first century that they met in houses. But you have to ask the question, why were there meeting in houses? Was it because Jesus said so, God said so, that the Bible forbid the church building or that it was commanded to meet in houses? None of that. None of it. The reality is the only reason and the only reason that the church began to sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes met in people's houses is because they were under great persecution. The Roman soldiers were arresting people, and they knew that if they went to the temple or the synagogue, that that would be a target, that the soldiers would know where they're at on the Sabbath, that they're going to the synagogue on the Sabbath. That's just asking to be arrested. So wisdom and caution and prudence of being careful to not be arrested, that is the why they began to sometimes meet in people's houses and basements and different places in secret. It was out of necessity for safety. It had nothing to do with forbidding houses or forbidding the house of worship or a synagogue building or nothing like that at all. There's nothing wrong with having a designated place every week where everybody knows where it's at and being able to meet together at the same time every week at the same place and having shelter to where you're not going to get wet, you're not going to freeze your death in the wintertime, and you can even put up a sign outside to let people know that this is where they could come to worship on the seventh day if they want to obey what the Bible says. Nothing wrong with that. All of that is good. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that at all. People get so caught up of legalism and thinking that everything in the world is forbidden. It's insanity. 
to be careful. Little ears, what you hear, and little uh, eyes, what you see on these internet websites and, and YouTube videos because their teachings don't make sense. But we should be careful about what we do in the house of God and to respect the sanctuary wherever we meet at on that on the Sabbath or on the uh, holy days. Verse two, be not hasty or quick, be not quick with your mouth. That means we should slow down and think before we speak. Amen. We need to think before we speak. Be not quick with your mouth, and let not your heart be swift or quick to utter or speak forth anything before God, for God is in heaven above, and you are upon the earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Now we know that God is actually everywhere. He is on the earth. He is in heaven. He's in outer space. He fills the universe. He fills the heavens, according to what we read in the Bible just a week or two ago. But what this is saying is that God is greater than us, that God has more power, he has more authority, and that he sees everything you do and hears everything you say and knows everything you think. That is the spiritual principle that it is teaching. Rather than going by the ABC, rather than going by the letter of what it's saying, because we know he is not restricted to heaven. Amen? We have to think what it is trying to say. What is he trying to say? And that is that God is greater than us. Therefore, we should be careful with our words and not be too quick to speak. And also, we should not be talking constantly and endlessly. But our words should be few. Because if you promise somebody, or actually if you commit to something, and you leave out the word, I promise, then that's less words. And like Jesus said, let your words be yes and no. That's less words. Because if you keep speaking, and keep speaking, and keep speaking, that's what gets you in trouble. Amen. So that your words be few, you won't get in as much trouble. Absolutely. Amen. This is the truth. Verse 3. Verse 3. For through the multitude of trials, a dream comes. That means that there's a lot going on in life. And you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, whether it be an earthquake, a storm, a robbery. And if you have a dream or goal of accomplishing something, trials are going to be along the way until you get there. Amen? Until you achieve everything that you want to achieve, there's going to be trials and hindrances that might slow you down. And that might prohibit you from something. So be careful what you say. And, and it says, 
and a full voice is with a multitude of words. Amen. A foolish person will speak and speak and speak and speak and speak. Major problem in today's society. Verse 4, whenever you shall vow a vow to God, defer not to pay it. In other words, make for sure that you do pay it and be on time about paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay you therefore whatsoever you have vowed. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Allow not your mouth to feed your flesh to sin. And say not in the presence of Theos that it was a mistake or error, unless God be angry at your voice and destroy the works of your hands. For there is evil in the multitude of dreams and vanities and many words. But fear you, God. Amen. If you should see the oppression of the poor and the wrestling of judgment or the judgment of the land, wonder not at the matter, for there is there's a high one to watch over him that is high, and high ones over him. Getting into another topic there. Okay? So, we get what it's saying. To speak less words, be more careful about what you say, and be more careful about your promises. Amen. We should be people of honor. The church, the people of God, the ambassadors of the Lord. Did you know that if you claim to be saved, that you are an ambassador of the Lord? That means you are a representative of God, that you're representing the church, you're representing God. This is not just about you, but it's about the whole church. You're representing the church, you're representing God, you're representing the kingdom. You are ambassadors upon the earth. So you should be people of honor. People of honor. Honor used to mean something. But in this world today, honor doesn't mean anything anymore. But here, where I was born and raised in the southern United States, the culture in my childhood and my younger days, in my 20s, when I was in my 20s and younger, the culture of the southern United States was that I believe that this is more than just my region and my culture and my people. I believe that this is really a worldwide thing. Worldwide, even in Korea, Australia, Canada, Africa, that back when we were younger, We were told and we were expected to keep your word. That what you told somebody you was going to do, you meant it and you did it. And it was a matter of honor. Amen? Praise God. And that is the way it should still be today. It is up to us older people that remember the way it used to be when there was honor in the earth to teach the younger people to be people of honor, integrity, honesty, 
respect, amen. And it is up to even those younger folks as they learn these life principles to pass them on among their friends, to share with their friends what they're learning. And it's only an a, a act of nature that all of us, regardless of your age or situation, husbands and wives, parents and children, regardless of your relationship to another person, that as you learn God's truth, that you invent it and share it and point it out to others and say, hey, guess what I heard today? Guess what I read today? Guess what I learned today? That's only natural to do that. It is not natural to hold it back and to hinder other people from learning, from hearing what you heard. We, we were created by God to be social creatures. That is God's will. We were created to be social creatures, to actually speak, but speak carefully, to speak and to share and to vent what we see and hear and read, to relate to one another, and not to hide it and keep it a secret. People put way too much emphasis on privacy, way too much. We should want to share with one another our trials and sufferings of what's happening in our life and our victories and our success with our brothers and sisters in the church and the people that we live with on a daily basis. To not hold it back and hide it, but to let your light shine and to be social and to be human. Amen. When we tell somebody that we're going to do something, we should do it. And that includes the fulfillment of the date and the time that we said we would do it. If we tell somebody I'm going to be there at a certain time, then we should be there at that time, or even five minutes early. Whether it's a job, or a friend, or a neighbor, or a stranger, we should be people of honor and keep our word. People should know that if you said you're going to do it, then you're going to do it. They shouldn't have any doubt on that. They shouldn't be thinking of you as a person that breaks your word or a person that is late all the time. That's not a good impression. It's not a good example. It's not a good witness. Amen. And I think of something that happened to me the other day. I had previously told someone that I uh, would take them somewhere early in the morning. And I'm not a morning person. 
And I had told this person previously, and probably more than one time previously, to not make morning appointments. I can't do the mornings. But he made a morning appointment anyway and expected me to be his right to take him. And even though I didn't use a lot of words and I didn't say the word promise or anything like that, I only just simply said, remind me, let me know, because I might forget because I, I don't have a pencil and paper right now, so remind me. And even though I didn't say the words, I will do it, I will take you, that was enough words to let him know and believe that I will take him. Amen? That I will take him. Remind me. That's another way of saying, yeah, I will do it. Amen. So again, don't go by the ABC of exact, exactly what did I say. Well, if you said remind me, that does mean, doesn't it, that I would take them. So that morning came. Oh, man, was I tired. And <laughs> Woo! Man, I was wore out. Woo! I could not get out of that bed. Woo! That bed had chains on me. I couldn't get out of it. Man! And I thought to myself, I'm not doing this. It's morning. I told him I'm not going to do the morning thing. Don't call me. I don't want it in the morning. I'm like, I'm not answering the phone. I'm not going to show up. I'm not doing it. But the Holy Ghost said, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You get up out of this bed. You answer that phone. You call him back. You said you was going to do it. You do it, boy. I said, yes, sir. Amen. Praise God. So I fulfilled my obligation, even though I didn't want to, even though I didn't feel like doing it, even though it meant me leaving the house without combing my hair. And I never do that. Of course, I threw something over my head. I put on one of those headbands where people can see my hair at least. Because I'm not going to be a fool. I'm not going to be out there and let people see my hair all over the place. Because I want to be a person of honor. Amen. But I, I still hate it to leave the house with my hair undone. But I did what I had to do to be there on time, even without eating. And a lot of people be like, I have not ate, I'm going to eat, and that's, what, and that's all there is to it. I'm going to eat. I cannot leave the house without eating. I cannot leave the house without combing my hair. They would just have to miss the appointment. A lot of people would have been that way. But I knew that I had to meet my obligation. Amen? But of course, I did also, even though I met my obligation and got him there, I did also make it clear, of course, don't do this again. <laughs> do not make, don't expect me to take you anywhere in the morning. I can't do it because I've got a lot of responsibility at home. A lot of responsibility at home. 
I've got a lot on my plate. And I made that clear. I don't mind helping you. But please, make the appointments in the afternoon. And if you can't make it in the afternoon, please, ask someone else. Because in this situation, I do know that he does have available to him other people. So, yes, you can ask someone else. I do have a lot on my plate, and a morning appointment is extremely, extremely difficult for me. So he needs to also realize my needs and my situation. That's respect. If I'm going to respect him, he should respect me. It goes both ways. Amen? So we must consider other people's situations and their needs is another lesson that you can learn from this sermon. Outside of the topic of fulfilling obligations, we should also consider the other topic of considering other people's needs and situations and not try to put obligations on them people. Don't try to put an obligation on someone who already has way too much on their plate. We should be considerate of those people's needs and try not to add to their burden. Amen. Okay. I will open up the chat room now on Mixler. If you're signed in, registered and signed in to Mixler, feel free to, to type in any questions about anything I've said today. Brother Gerald, you got anything? Tomorrow is the last day of July. So praise God to get me through this month. Amen. Praise God. August is right here. Woo! So we need to try to enjoy what time we got left of the summertime here in the Western Hemisphere uh, or Northern Hemisphere to enjoy this. Uh, summer, get outside, go camping, go swimming, go sunbathing, go hiking, go play tennis, go outside, get some fresh air and some sunshine. It's very important for your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health in every aspect, getting outside as much as possible. Fresh air and sunshine is so extremely important. Please, enjoy life. Life is too short to stay inside all the time. Get out there and enjoy life. Amen? Okay. So, that concludes the broadcast and the, and the sermon and the message for today. Thank you for listening. And if you are obedient to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
then may he bless you in an amazing way. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.